Things gay people like. Things gay people like. Things gay people like. Things gay people like. And also things that people who don't identify as gay like. And I'm not saying all gay people like all these things because we all have our own interests. Hello and welcome to Things Gay People Like. My name is Kevin. This is my pop culture podcast that's all about celebrating whatever you like, whoever you are. If this is your first time listening, thank you very much for listening. If you're a previous listener who's coming back, thank you very much for coming back. If you want to skip straight to the steps stuff, I'll edit myself in here telling you where you should skip to. About nine and a half minutes. But there'll be a bit of chat as always before then. Um, Stick around for the end as well. We have some updates on Neighbours, on Taylor Swift... And, of course, my man will be back um, as well at the end. Before we go any further, um, while I was editing the episode, I was kind of struck by the conversations around, you know, just dancing to your favourite music at a gay bar and also finding your tribe as a member of the LGBTQ plus community. And so I wanted to just kind of pay tribute to the people who lost their lives at Club Q in Colorado Springs who should have been able to just have a night out with their friends or to do a shift at their job in a place that they felt safe and that they were safe in. That's what they deserved. And yeah, to any listeners I have in America, I hope that you can feel safe in these spaces. And I hope that you are safe, of course, um, at a very near point in the future. So this episode is dedicated to the memories of Daniel Davis Aston, Kelly Loving, Ashley Paw, Derek Rump, and Raymond Green Vance. So for the first episode back, I really wanted to cover a big pop group, and they don't come much bigger than this one. I really enjoyed the conversation I had with my guest about this topic. I hope you enjoy listening to it. So let us get on with episode 26. It's time for my guest. Who is it this week? Time for my guest. What is the name? Time for my guest. It's time to find out. Right now. Hi, James. Hey, Kevin. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm excited to talk about Steps for the next 90 minutes. Oh, me too, me too. Welcome to the podcast and thank you for um, being my guest on this special episode. My absolute pleasure. 25 years to the week or last week, I think, since um, since 5678 was released. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's unfortunately, this isn't episode 25, it's episode 26. That would have been good. Also, someone was saying, I can't believe it's taking you this long to get to Steps, which is a fair point. Yeah, I think that is really... It should have been in the first five, I reckon, at least. But, like, I, the thing is, I just wanted to, like, start off each season, so-called, uh, so with, like, a big pop act. And so I was I was holding them. I was holding them off for, for this special occasion. So I'm yeah, excited to talk about Yeah, it's perfect timing, isn't it? It's perfect timing to do yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Considering they've just had... Well, we'll get onto it, but great success with their Ultimate Platinum, whatever the fuck it's called. But anyway, before we get into all things steps tell us a little bit more about you and like what you're kind of interested in otherwise um yeah so i'm i'm james i'm a kind of journalist um and yeah i mean i guess i'm just a typical 39 year old gay to be honest so like <laughs> this is what drew me drew me to your podcast in the first place because you know yeah, yeah love love a bit of eurovision love a bit of girls aloud love a bit of steps love a bit of Celine, I mean, I know you're a massive Mariah uh, babe, but um, Celine is my Celine is my number one. Oh, um, is she? Yeah, big time, big time. Have you seen Celine live? Yeah, I saw her. When did she? I saw her like four or five years ago, um, one of her tours. Um, it's because I'm obsessed with watching her like clips on YouTube and that kind of thing. Oh yeah. And like obviously, her voice back in the '90s was like 
incredible. Um, yeah. I saw her in 2008 and I think she was still pretty good then, but like, it's hard to tell now whether she's fully singing 100% live and I'm not convinced that she is on some of it. And there's quite a lot of like fan theories that like yeah. parts of like, it's all coming back to me now. Like she can't hit those notes anymore. I think her and possibly Beyonce, I don't want to get a backlash. I think they're just very good or their sound engineers are very good at making it seem like it's all completely live and given the illusion. Whereas whatever's happening with Mariah, not so good. It's always quite obvious that when yeah. she's uh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. but look, we love the divas and not everybody is at their absolute peak capacity for the whole of their life. And we respect them for having had the vocals that they have had in the past. Yeah, exactly. All right, okay, let's get into some news. TGPL News. And welcome to TGPL News. James, what is your top story at this hour? I was going to talk about Matt Hancock being on I'm a Celebrity because that's what everyone's talking at the moment. But then I saw this this morning and I thought this would this would fit in quite well with, uh, with your interests and background. Okay. The headline reading... Mariah Carey is officially not the Queen of Christmas. Oh, yeah, the trademark. This? Yeah. Her application to trademark the moniker Queen of Christmas has been denied by the US Patent and Trademark Office. I love this. I love how she's just obsessed with Christmas now and it's kind of her only thing. Like, yeah. did, you, did you see the video um, on like the 1st of November where it's like she's transitioning from like Halloween into mm. into like Christmas type? I'm just like, I just, I just love how manic it is. Like, she's just so brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I loved that video. I loved the first half to be honest like the witchy stuff because i've never seen her in that kind of get up before for yeah. me the christmas stuff i'm a bit bored by it now when it comes to christmas mariah i kind of yeah. tune out at christmas time like just yeah. when everybody else gets interested in her again i'm like oh we've seen it like whatever like give us a new album it's been four years since her last album but like of course i'm happy for her to get repetitive number ones every year and whatever happens at christmas yeah. time like it's great but like when you talk to people from gen z or whatever like younger people they don't know her for anything other than she sings that christmas song and that's yeah the, exactly that's depressing that, yeah. To me. <laughs> yeah it's kind of tarnished her record i guess people just don't know all the amazing other songs that she had yeah it's like counterproductive in a way because it's so huge that it's just overshadowed everything else yeah. um but the, the trademark thing is interesting i've seen some uh because i follow quite a lot of you know lambs and whatever and yeah. they're like actually no she wasn't denied she just withdrew it um because she just thought it wasn't worth the hassle or like i don't know probably bullshit it probably was just denied but like this the spin is, is is happening there with the lambs trying to justify whatever she was doing yeah yeah so her application was denied after her company didn't respond to another singer's opposition so who do you reckon who do you reckon opposed it oh I th- oh okay so i think when the story first came out it was this singer called darlene love who, oh yeah yeah so she she sang christmas baby please come home I yeah, believe. yeah 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 which Mariah also sang, but like she used to always go on like the David Letterman show and sing that. And I think she was kind of given the moniker of Queen of Christmas around that time. Um, so I maybe her. And I think there was another singer in the mix as well. Whether she has the trademark or not, she she has the title. My top story from recent times. The podcast hasn't been on in a while, but recent times just. Um, because I would imagine a lot of my listeners go to Mighty Hoopla and related events. The Mighty Hoopla lineup for this oh year was revealed. Are you a Hoopla person? I went to Hoopla this year for the first time. Okay. Uh, had an amazing time. First steps, I assume? Yeah, well, kind of. I, don't, I didn't go four steps, but um, mm. but obviously that was like one of the highlights, obviously. Um, obviously, big Sugar Babes fan as well. Saw them a couple oh, of yeah. weeks ago in Bergen amazing. as well. Yeah, like it was amazing. I mean, I mean, I didn't do the whole like dressing up in like a tutu or any of that kind of vibe. I just kind of, you know, <laughs> just, just went with the flow and just drank a stupid amount of, of booze. And yeah. 
live my best life to um, to steps. But yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, saw, I was I was away last week and the lineup came out and it's it's a bit of a bone of contention for me next year because it's my 40th birthday weekend that weekend. Oh, okay. But I've already arranged to like go to a festival in Spain over that weekend, Primavera Festival, which they haven't released the lineup for and then they released the lineup last week and i was like oh my god my hoopla with that lineup would it be like so incredible for like right. my 40th birthday so i'm a little bit gutted but um but yeah i mean samantha mumba is obviously going to be iconic yeah and rachel stevens i think that's kind of a big deal for her to come back to to pop and performing yeah because um, i was at birmingham pride um a few weeks ago again for steps um and <laughs> yeah. like two two or three acts before steps on the last night were were s club all stars oh no uh, and it's just oh, it's it's Bradley, Tina, and Stacey from the S Club Juniors, yeah. and it's just it's just a bit sad. So it's good that Rachel's like maybe kept her distance from all of that kind of stuff, and then can come back like and and smash it. But yeah, I hope I hope she does well. All right, so let's get into the next section, which is who have you met that's famous? Who 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 who, who have you met that's famous? James, who have you met that is famous? So. I've met quite a lot of like low grade celebrities because I've worked as like a journalist in like local radio and stuff for quite a long oh, yeah. time. So like back in the day, like you know, I interviewed like Katie Price and like Peter Andre and stuff when they like were, uh, like oh. after like that they'd broken up and it was all a bit dramatic and everything else, oh, okay. like in a shopping centre in like Wolverhampton <laughs> and like stuff like that. Yeah. But I'll give you like my best like steps um, meeting steps story. Yeah, so I was one of those people that used to like wait outside like okay. hotels and stuff back in the yeah, day. Full on. And we went. Um, th- there was an offer to appear in the You'll Be Sorry video, oh. the AA side with Here and Now. And you had to apply and they were like wanted to choose like 75 of Steps' biggest fans and you can go and meet the band and you'll appear in the video. And it's like, oh my God, like this is like the most exciting thing ever. So a few of us like got in and um, yeah, we were invited down to this like studio in North London and we kind of, you know, we were waiting around for like hours obviously, but it was obviously like mega exciting. We're like, oh my God, we're going to be in Steps' new video. I don't know if you remember the video, but it's like mostly like CGI and they're basically like dancing mm. on this like circular, like raised stage. And the idea was like we would be around the stage, like dancing as if we we're in like a nightclub or whatever. But I think like what they didn't realize was like we're all like 16, 17, a little bit sad, you know, <laughs> massive steps fans. You know, we're not trained dancers. So we were in there like dancing around for like 45 minutes and we had the time of our lives, obviously. And like Lee did stop like during like filming and was like chatting to us and stuff so like we had a great time but then obviously when the video came out we were like oh god the video's coming out and we watched it we're like oh we were like nowhere to be seen like they just (laughs) completely erased us from the entire thing so um we were a little bit gutted so Mm. what do you do if you're like a massive steps fan and you've been like um you've been slighted in this way so we basically (laughs) so sad we wrote to watchdog to be like we were told we were going to be in the video and we weren't in the video um so watchdog invited us to a meet and greet with steps that was like on watchdog and all right. we got we got like to meet the rest of steps and like have all of our oh stuff like God. signed and stuff so that's the moral of the story is to always always complain if you don't get what you that's want that's amazing yeah all right well we've talked about them a little bit but now let's get into steps in much more detail in the deep dive you, you know, know it's time to deep dive deep dive everybody want to deep dive deep deep dive all right, James, are they your favorite group of all time forever? Um, I just, they've always like been there. And like, I, I don't know, as a pop group, they just, they just hit harder than like anyone else. And like, mm. I can always just go, go back to like any, any song from any era and like, even the new stuff. And it's just like, 
it's it's joyous and it's just it's it's just the pure like the purest kind of pop you can you can have so i think like of all of those like back, and you know i love all of that late 90s early 2000s like pop yeah. era like s club and you know five and you know obviously all the max martin britney and all that nsync and all that kind of stuff but yeah i don't know there's just something about steps because because they had that kind of like i don't know that kind of abba sensibility like the songs were a little bit like melancholy as well and some of them had that kind of like mm. slightly different tinge like all of s club stuff is all like pure like 100 percent bubblegum and like i know steps are like obviously like pure cheese and i i completely get that and obviously my tastes have like changed and moved on over the years and all the rest of it but like when they came back in 2017 i was like I never thought this was would happen and it's so weird like having them as like an older fan now and like listening to their new stuff and it completely stands up against like all of the old stuff and i think that's why they kind of stand apart because they've managed this like really unlikely like renaissance where they've actually managed to almost like outdo what they did the first time around it's just like they become this like iconic kind of group and like just the way they've kind of taken it to the next level in terms of like the outfits and like the, the live performances are still like amazing and obviously they sing entirely live now this was like back in the day like there was obviously a little bit of criticism because they never used to sing live in like their live shows and stuff even though they're yeah. like the biggest live band like selling tickets at the time but you know now they're just you know completely live and they've got a lot more control i think over what kind of music they're releasing and stuff so mm. i think they're kind of at the top of their game really was it like as soon as you saw them that you were like i'm in this is the group for me kind of thing i think like five six seven eight kind of passed me by a little bit like i remember it coming out and i remember it being uh-huh. a, big, a big hit and you know i was like oh this is you know a bit of a novelty song and all the rest of it and you know that song stuck around for like weeks and weeks and weeks mm. like i think at the time it was like the biggest selling single never to reach the top 10 or something. It was in the top 10, top 20 for like three months or something. Mm. So I remember that happening. And then there was quite a big gap between that song coming out and then last thing on my mind coming as like the second single. I think that was like the following May or something. I think that was the point where I kind of clocked that I liked them as a group and, you know, mm. Lee, Lee being naked and pushed into the swimming pool obviously probably really quite helped. I, think, I remember kind of <laughs> fancying Lee quite quite intently at the time um, and yeah. that song was just a banger like I just I just loved how like how great that song was and the dance routine and that's obviously when like the, the steps that we kind of all know and love today kind of started to be formed really so like yeah. I think during like 1998 that was when I started to kind of get into it and then like I think it, for me as well it coincided with like the internet becoming much a much bigger thing and like I think we first mm. got AOL in like in the summer of 1998 when like One for was released so at that point I was probably looking online and I think I found like the steps official website and i think their forum was like really active at the time so okay no i was one of those kids that like spent a lot of time on the internet and just like hours and hours and hours just and you know i was probably a bit of bit of a sad kid didn't really like i didn't even knew where where i fitted in and Hmm. you know i was kind of trying to find people that liked the same things obviously steps were not cool at all and like everyone at school was like into like marilyn manson and placebo and like limp biscuit and all of this kind of new new metal stuff and i was like yeah i'm I'm into the spice girls for me as well like five six seven eight didn't do much for me really i was like uh, yeah really but yeah so i got the first album and then for me s club seven just came and i decided actually no i prefer these and I didn't get any more of the Steps albums, but I kept oh. an eye on them. And I, you know, um, obviously knew all the singles and really loved some of the singles. But I had kind of chosen my side in that sense. But um, as we talked about, like, uh, over the, the, the passage of time, Steps are the, the winners in that yeah, sense. Yeah, and I think even, like, over those few years, like, obviously, like, S Club were having, like, bigger, like, chart hits. Like, apart from Tragedy, like, most of Steps' songs mm. kind of all did about the same. Like, they all kind of sold a similar amount and kind of got to the top five, where it was like... S Club were like sold huge amounts with like never had a dream come true and like yeah. um, 
uh, Don't Stop Moving and Reach and all these songs were like massive like and not just amongst like pop fans as well I think they kind of crossed over a little bit like into like just mums and dads and people that yeah. liked that kind of stuff but Steps always had that edge in terms of like the performance and like the live shows and stuff like I remember when CS Club like back in the day and like they were just a bit underwhelming really as like a live band whereas like Steps yeah. really went for it and like they had obviously the costumes were great and like you know and you could just get involved with it because obviously every song had a dance routine so like every time a video came out like you would literally wear out the video like learning the routine like off by heart and it's just it is mad like the amount of information now that has, has left my brain but i can literally you name a, <laughs> name a routine and i'll be able to do it like straight away were they put together by like pete waterman uh do you know or like how did that all happen yeah, so it was like it was an audition process. So I think it was quite similar to like the Spice Girls kind of thing. I think it was like an advert in the stage or whatever, and it was like we want a mixed a mixed boy girl band. I think that was the basic gist. And I think like Claire had been in like other pop bands before, and it hadn't kind of worked out. I think she'd been like I can't remember the name, but it was a duo or a trio of girls, and like hadn't really done very well. Okay. Um, I think you know Faye had been like you know just like doing cabaret and that kind of stuff. Lisa was like dance trained and all the rest of it. Lee just looked good. Yeah. And, and obviously H had a bit of a, a semi decent voice so yeah. so yeah they were they were manufacturing and I, th- and I think it was literally just we're going to sign you for this one like novelty record and that's mm. and that was five six seven eight and obviously then that just kind of blew up and and then i think pete waterman has kind of said like well let's let's try and make them into like you know a new version of, of abba and that's kind of mm. the next two or three singles that's kind of where they kind of went down that road and um, when did he kind of piss off like was it after like the third album after the breakup and he was never seen again kind of in their music or i mean stock Aiken and waterman like pwl were obviously very involved in like the first two albums and you can like you can hear that in like most okay, of the yeah. songs in terms of the songwriting like most of the most of the hits and the so- and you know the, the album tracks but then yeah the third album obviously went down a slightly different road and they started to work with kind of those kind of swedish producers and we wanted a bit more of a max martin vibe so you know mm. i mean i, I actually really like the Buzz album, I think it's probably their like most cohesive album to listen to. Um, and it was like a slight departure at the time. So you talked a bit before about why the gays loved them so much, the LGBTQ plus community. Um, yeah. Have you any other thoughts on what it is that appeals to the gays about Steps? Yeah, I was just thinking about this. I was like thinking about when I first started liking them, obviously back in the day, and obviously like the kind of music that they make appeals naturally to like gay gay kids like that's just a Mm. a given um but i think like going back to like the whole idea of like not feeling like i fitted in at the time and there were quite a lot of people like that on the forum i think and i think people kind of they found each other through this like mutual love of of pop and and steps specifically um and you know they weren't all like of the an LGBT um, community, but like mm. most of them were. I would have thought, or, or you know, perhaps they hadn't they hadn't kind of realised it yet, or they hadn't come to terms with it yet. But they they would become late, later on because you know we're all like in our early to mid teens at the time. It was just as kind of a safe space to kind of just not be ashamed of like liking mm. that kind of stuff, and 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 perhaps wasn't really that easy to to be like that like in in real life. And then like latterly, I mean, looking back, obviously like H wasn't able to be who he was at the time yeah. and like had to sing songs about have you know losing his virginity to a woman yeah. in the first album yeah which i'm sure we'll get on to because it's yeah, <laughs> iconic in many ways yeah um, yeah but yeah. obviously now he can you know the way they've played it now i think has been amazing and like obviously h is like you know happy to, to you know wear whatever he wants and they, they mm-hmm. always make a pronouncement about the community at, at their live gigs and like a birmingham pride like they had they a, a couple a gay couple got up on stage and like and, and got engaged in front of them and oh, they nice. had like a huge like spangly lgbt flag so so clearly like they've they've embraced it now and you know it's it's gone beyond just like oh we make music that gay people happen to like 
and I guess going back to the forum thing, it is that kind of thing about finding your own tribe, isn't it? Even like this is just about a pop group, but it is something that is reflected in our lives as queer people that um, that maybe use a first experience of that kind of thing for yeah, other people. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And, like, and, you know, we all kind of drifted apart over the years, but a lot of them, like, because when, when Steps broke up, like, I just started university. So I kind of, it felt like a, a natural pause for me. Like it was like, right, okay, I'm going to move on to different things now. And I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll listen to like indie. And like, I remember like, I, I used to write on like the university magazine and everyone was talking like in like, in the office about like the music they liked. And I'm like, oh yeah, I really love the new Strokes album and like the White Stripes yeah, and all this yeah, kind of yeah. stuff. And I was like, oh, whatever. But I couldn't yeah. be like, oh, I really love Steps. Like I would never have said that because I just wanted to be seen okay. as cool, which is ridiculous. But yeah, I think yeah, there was yeah. still that element of it feeling like it didn't really, wasn't the kind of thing you would say like to fit in at university or whatever. But yeah, but then, you know, later on in life, like finding your kind of people through like the gay community is like, is exactly the same thing. And like, we all bond over the music that we like. Like we've just been to Gran Canaria for a week. And like, you know, we were playing that all that kind of music that we really love, you know? And I think they got lucky when they put the group together like i was thinking about it earlier like the each group member kind of represents a different thing that you could say has appeal to like the communities like uh claire obviously amazing like powerful voice like yeah. belting diva type yeah and um, you have faye who's like this like stunning kind of cooler kind of energy and then you have lisa who <laughs> queen of hunts <laughs> yeah exactly like just a fun time girl and is a trier and you know maybe God doesn't get trying. the leads all the time and stuff like that but when she has a moment she holds on to it with both hands and and does the most with it there's an amazing that. moment in you know the steps reunion um documentary they did like in 2011 before they yeah, got back together yeah, and they're yeah, like yeah. They're, fil- they're, they're filming them recording like i think they did a cover of dancing queen which was like a bit of a disaster oh and they're okay, talking yeah. about like, who was going to sing the lead and stuff and like there's this iconic <laughs> moment where lisa's like oh maybe like faye could sing the lead like or me and like it's just like just like trying so hard to be wanted it's like oh bless her she does try <laughs> yeah um i was I was so I watched I had seen that show like when it came out but I watched the first two episodes uh, earlier today and it kind of just reminded me of the whole thing do you, th- do you think it was it was the program really focused on the tensions and yeah. the differences and the difficulties do you looking back do you feel like that was just a reality tv thing no. or do you think that actually is a, an accurate reflection of how it went down no i think it is an accurate reflection when you think about it like they were literally the top of their game and like they're just mm. like so, like their their gold like greatest hits are sold like a million copies like over that christmas and chain reaction was like one of their biggest hits ever like talking about how like most of their hits kind of sold the same amount like chain reaction came out i've got a bit of a geeky memory for like how many copies thing sold but like it sold like 125 like thousand copies in a week and it was like number two and it was a massive hit and like you know obviously the video was iconic and i think you know some of them obviously lisa in particular who was like desperate to carry on felt like they were at the top of their game and i think they probably started recording their like next album and i think they were just like h and claire obviously just swayed by management saying like oh you're the best ones we can we can get you out and you know and, and you can be stars in your own right kind of thing so i think there was a lot of bitterness there and i think that you see that in that documentary, like it's really heated, isn't it? At times, and like they're yeah, really angry yeah. and like broken by it, and like they're really reticent to get back together because they didn't want to get kind of hurt again. And it's mad when you think about it. That was 2011. Yeah, they did a tour the next year, which was massive. Mm. Um, a kind of an album which didn't really go anywhere. It was like a Christmassy, like weird yeah. Christmas album. And then it was another five years until they actually like made a full-on comeback album. So I mean, I don't know what happened in those like intervening years, but I do think they were like scarred by it, and I think they've, they've had to like do a lot of healing, but. I mean, you can tell they're like, they're fully on board now and they kind of, they get it. And and I think they can, 
they can chop and choose like how much time they spend on the step stuff and they can still have their like their separate lives so i think that's how everyone have worked through it and one of the things that really struck me as well from the reunion show was kind of claire saying that even at the even during the good times she was like i should have been having the time of my life and i wasn't like and and all this stuff about particularly one for sorrow this is this whole section of the show where they talk about the day that they all realized that it was just going to be a solo for her. Yeah. And it was like, okay, so that's what this is going to be from now on. It's going to be just the Claire show. Yeah. And like, you can totally imagine how these tensions would um, oh, totally. crop up. All right, let's go. Let's go over uh, a quick tour through um, the, just the, the back catalog, what they've released up yeah. to now. Step one, obviously, is the album that I had when I listened to it today. I was like, oh, I remember this song. And all these songs kind of came back to me. Yeah. Um, how do you how do you rate that album just in general? I think it's probably, I mean, if talking about the three studio albums, obviously the first three studio albums, I think it's probably my second favorite yeah. out, of the, out of the three. Um, obviously, five, six, seven, eight, I can give or take. But like when you think about the, the hits that are on that album, like Last Thing On My Mind, One For Sorrow, Heartbeat, Better Best Forgotten, like they're all absolutely huge, like pop singles. So you can't really, yeah, deny, yeah, yeah, like, bulletproof. But I think there's some really strong, like, album tracks on this album as well. Like, I really love, like, This Heart Will Love Again, which is like quite an ABBA esque mm. type song and very much you know, so, yeah. very kind of like kind of that kind of piano melody and stuff. And there's just, I don't know, there's something about that song that I just, I can't not listen to it whenever it comes on. I thought it's brilliant. And then my other favorite song on that album is probably Love You More, which is like a cover of an old like dance hit from a few years before. And it felt like it was a bit more, I don't know, more credible, I guess, than some of the other songs on that album. And you could probably mm. hear it and not think it was Steps and think, oh, this is actually quite a good dance track. Yeah. It, and it was kind of an, an early sign of the kind of the little tinge of darkness that kind of cropped up maybe later on. Like there's something a little bit dark about yeah, it. Yeah, really dark. Which I uh, enjoy. But also I, when I was listening to it today, I was like, this Steptro track one is amazing. Steptro is like, an absolute so banger. Like, this does not get enough attention at all. It's it so needs to good. be a full, like someone needs to make a full like five minute version of the Steptro. Yeah, so good. There's a couple of dodgy ones. There's a couple of, do- well, we talked about where we alluded to experienced. Um, I mean, I kind of love it and hate it at the same time. (laughs) It's ridiculous, obviously. And like, I just, we always like to take the piss out of like the weird, like gospel background and just the lyrics, the lyrics are just like so cringe. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, But I kind of love it at the same time. Yeah, it's like two albums in a row. There's a song about how straight H is. And I was like, okay. (laughs) What's the other one? Um, It's album two. We'll get to it. My Best Friend's Girl. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Me and my best friend. Oh my god! <laughs> I loved the little subplot in Steps Reunion about him having to fly with Britney while the other ones got a, oh, a tour bus across the states because he didn't sleep very well or something. Like there was definitely a bit of diva vibes going on there, but I love him for that. Yeah, why not? I, I would do the same. I'll go. With, I'll go with Britney. Absolutely. Yeah, see, see you yeah. guys there. I love this album. It came out like a probably a full year after like um, after five, six, seven, eight. So like it took quite a long time to get to get there, and they'd already had like three singles by that point. They'd released. Well, Sorrow just before and and then obviously Heartbeat and Tragedy came out just after and you know so mm. it sold like crazy well like I think it sold like one and a half million copies in this country mm. like over that kind of six to twelve month period so like at that point they became you know they went from being a novelty act to being like a genuine like huge 
like album yeah. act. And I think that's that's what set them apart as well from like the likes of Five and like S Club. Like they all mm. sold good amount of albums, but like Steps were like on a different level, really. Steptacular came along. Yeah, I, I've, I was obviously I've listened back to like all these albums like more more regularly like recently just to kind of you know do my research and stuff. And it's probably my yeah. least favorite of their like of their three albums like at the beginning. Just be, there's quite a lot of filler on it, and I, mm. I don't know why they shoehorn tragedy on at the beginning. Like I know I know why mm. they probably had to do that. You know the record company probably wanted them to do it to kind of sell more albums and stuff. But there's no need to that. I mean, it does have one of like probably one of my top step songs, which is "Love Scarred Hold My Heart," which I do absolutely love. I loved the video they released recently of that, which is just them on the pier. Did you see that? It's yeah, like, I love like... how they're just releasing all of this like old content now recently. Yeah, yeah. it's just like shots of, of bits of their videos and stuff. Yeah, it was really mm. fascinating. I love that video. I love how like bright it was. It was obviously released in June. It was like a huge summer kind of track. It was a really big hit. Crawley kept kept off the top spot by uh, Living La Vida Loca by Ricky Martin. Oh, right. Okay. Which I was sad about. Annoying. I was going through like some of the album tracks, like I think it's Love been uh make it easy mm. on me been um mm. since you took your love away been my best friend's girl been uh <laughs> yeah you're everything that, that to matters me. to me been that they can all go like i surrender is like a great like pwl type pop banger never say never again same where say goodbye moving on was decent yeah i love a bit of moving on i love a bit of moving on. they probably could have released that as a single i think that yeah that was that was a good one i really enjoyed that um and obviously deep shed of blue obviously again it kind of signaled a, perhaps a more kind of a darker kind of more kind of credible kind of sound for them and you know yeah. there's some really good like dance remixes of that and so i kind of i, I enjoyed that the way that kind of took them in a bit of a different direction again and like the video obviously was was again quite iconic and I yeah yeah a bit of a level that. up leveling up what were we going to say about when i said goodbye because i will say i love a steps ballad are you going to slag it off no no i do i do enjoy it <laughs> obviously heartbeat is the ultimate steps ballad in my opinion yes. like you, Agree. Cannot, you cannot beat a bit of heartbeat um yeah no i do enjoy it like obviously it's very melancholy and they're stood around like a um a, a water pool a, what, what, what do you call it they stood around a fountain in the video <laughs> and it's all in black and white and stuff and all very like you know all very wistful and i remember oh, god it's also so embarrassing like when we were massive steps fans, like, on the day that they um on the day they broke up we all went into like birmingham city center all the day after they broke up like boxing day 2001 yeah and there's like a fountain in birmingham city center in chamberlain square which looks quite similar to like the when i said goodbye fountain so we were doing like yeah. We did like various like sad photos and stuff, and we like we, we like we all sat we all sat on the side of the fountain like recreating that video. Like, there's, a, there's a photo somewhere of it. I love it. Ridiculous. Love that. And so you you mentioned before that you quite like Buzz. It was like, were they trying to break America with that? Was that the, the deal? Um, with that? Did they try and break America with that? I don't. Th- I don't think so. I mean, obviously they went over. I think. I think actually when they tried to break America was kind of end of I think end of ninety eight or into ninety nine when Britney kind of oh yeah because obviously as you said like they went on tour with britney in america they did a u.s mm. version of one for sorrow which was like filmed in a bowling alley and it was like that kind of soft focus oh, used to get right. on the late yeah, 90s yeah. like american r&b videos they tried their best bless them but obviously that did not work yeah. so i don't think they tried to do that i think it was just that like even british pop packs in like 2000 they were all trying to replicate that kind of max martin sounds he had yeah, like it was Billy just Piper the sound. doing day and night and like mm. all of that kind of stuff so i think they just tried to to go down that road because they thought that was kind of where the fans were kind of maybe going so it could have yeah. it could have felt like a bit like oh this is cringe they're trying to do something that they're not really known for but actually like going through the album tracks like there's quite a lot on there that i would go back to and listen to again 
So, and actually, this album as well, they all got a go at writing their own songs. So, if you go through the album, like each each of them has like a songwriting credit on a different song. So, um, okay. So, H did learn to love again, which again is not the best. It's a bit yeah. of a throwaway kind of like ballad. Lisa wrote "Never Get Over You," which I really like. It's a massive like you know just all out kind of pop banger. So, I re- I really like that, and it's kind of in the same vein as like just like the first time, which is a, like a fan favorite like B sides of of Steps oh. is that it's like again a bit more of like Pete Waterman's top cake in a Waterman type type vibe. Claire had a really good ballad called Hand on Your Heart, which I really, really, I really actually really like. Um, mm-hmm. and she kind of co-wrote that. And then uh, Lee had Turnaround, which was all right. Not too bad. Kind of probably wouldn't listen to it, but, you know, fine. Was this kind of the first album that we heard Lee properly after since like five, six, seven, eight? Um, I'm just trying Did to think. He like he, yeah, like there's obviously there. certain certain tracks where you can hear the guy's vocals a bit more, like heartbeat and like "Say You'll Be Mine." Oh yeah, had a bit more. Oh yeah, he had a line in "Say You'll Be Mine." Remember that? Oh okay, yeah, okay, okay. Single yeah, line yeah. in "Say You'll Be Mine." But yeah, he had, like this was like his full like his full um, solo debut. Faye solo is called "If You Believe," which I I really love. Which was co-written with Cindy Lauper. Like God knows how they managed to get Cindy oh, Lauper wow. on on board, or whether like she just already written it and like Faye just kind of added bits to it or whatever. I don't know the story behind that, but that's like the last the last track on that album. And actually. Mm. I really love it. I really love that album. It's got like a lot of orchestral kind of stuff in, in, in it. And I think it's kind of, it's one of their better ballads, I think. And I mean, the singles from this are pretty undeniable. Like that's one of the things that was uh, kind of struck me when I was listening to the albums earlier was that they really knew how to pick singles. Like yeah. uh, the singles are so, so strong throughout, like, and obviously the standouts for the album. One of the songs from the albums, one of the songs that I hear quite a lot spoken about these days or since this period on music forums say is like paradise lost is that a song that yeah you that's like most people's like one of their top album tracks and like steps like they they did it in one of their more more recent tours i think it was yeah i don't know whether it was the last tour or if it was the one before that um when they came back with um with tears on the dance floor but yeah so mm. i think that one stands up and you know this was another time as well where obviously there was a lot of like latino kind of music around and everyone was trying to replicate that sound as well so you had both like the max martin stuff and then you also had like you know obviously enrique and like everyone was trying to do that slightly kind of like latin tinged vibe so that's kind of that has that kind of that kind of sound to it as well so yeah that's definitely one of my favorite album tracks as well and obviously yeah. mention of a caravan randomly i don't know what the caravan's got to do with anything Oh line. really? Is that in there? <laughs> the first line is like in the desert sand. I watched your caravan and dreamed it would take me to you. Mm. But yeah, no, I mean, there's loads of uh, so many good singles on this album. And they, at this point, they were kind of doing like double A sides. Almost every single song that they would release, it would be a double A mm. side. So you've obviously got better the W No on there, which was a double A side with Say You'll Be Mine off the previous album. So again, they've kind of shoehorned better the W No into the album, really, which shouldn't really have been. Oh there, yeah, but. okay. And then obviously you've got Stomp, which was like their second number one, and you know, kind of mm. brought them back to being kind of really massive again. I think you know they'd had quite a lot of like top fives, but then this kind of brought them back into like you know getting getting a warning for the first time since kind of heartbeat and tragedy. And yeah. then like personal favorite, and by most, I think most Steps fans would put like it's the way it made me feel as like one of their one of their top, top singles. Top I would tracks. say because yeah. it's so much different to anything that I've kind of ever done before. And then was it Gold Time? Yeah, so this this album was released like end of two thousand, so in the up to the run up to Christmas two thousand, and it didn't like sell quite as well as the previous two albums. Like the previous two mm. albums had both sold like over a million copies and like four or five times platinum. This one I think was like three times, two three times platinum, so it sold like half a million seven hundred thousand copies. So it wasn't quite as big, and I think there was that sense of like, oh, where are they going to go from here, kind of thing. Um, so yeah, so the next 
I don't know what they did in the start of 2000. So the start of 2001, they released... Oh, yeah, so they released It's The Way You Make Me Feel at the start of 2001. That got to number two. Um, and then and then Here and Now and You'll Be Sorry with the ill-fated video that we did not do. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Here and Now, like again, like, again, I think a lot of fans like have that up there as like one of their favourite songs because it's just got this kind of quite euphoric kind of sound. And again, it's quite typical of that, like... Um, kind of Swedish sound, I think. So yeah, ev- everyone really loves that. And then they went away for a few months, and then yeah, they came back with with Chain Reaction in like the September, which was like obviously the lead single for the Gold Greatest Hits album, which ended up again being like a massive, huge, it was huge, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Again, it sold like over a million copies, which was just like crazy really at the time. So wait, was that the only new track on Gold uh, Chain Reaction? No, there one? were a couple of new tracks. Hold on, let me find. Uh, so there's like a ballady one called Only in My Dreams, which again, I would never right. go back to, which is completely throwaway, not very good. Um, yeah. And then there's they, they put a, like some random stuff on like I Know Him So Well, which I, th- you know, I really love. Oh, I really love yeah, that yeah, that song. Yeah, yeah. I think it's amazing. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and another fan favorite called Baby Don't Dance, which they used to, they did on tour and I think it was a B-side. And uh, again, it's another kind of quite disco-y type song with like called Dance Routine and stuff so yeah that was on right, well. okay. and that ended up on the platinum collection as well so clearly they think that like fans still still kind of put that up there as like one of the better kind of album slash b-side tracks and then they split boxing day 2001 terrible day oh my God. Uh, as covered in steps reunion claire and h just handed them letters and said we're done and uh lisa lee and faye were just like all right so we're unemployed cool and uh can you yeah like go on i was just gonna say like can you imagine just like being so massive all of a sudden like christmas and then the next day you're like oh what what on earth do i do now with my life like it must be such a weird feeling yeah and the crazy thing is like the timing of it like they 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 revealed it like an hour or so before they were all due on stage in manchester and then you see the footage of the concert that they ended up performing in the in the show and they're like all in tears or whatever. I look so miserable. Like what an awful, awful experience for well, just all. That, of them. that line at the end of Chain Reaction is like just so prophetic. It's like no more left to say, and then they're just yeah. like they're, they're stood there like panting, and you can just see like the tears like running down like their face, like yeah. trying, trying to keep it together. But yeah. yeah, I mean, they must have been like absolutely livid. And I think it, it it just felt like there was probably a bit of a split at that at that point. And I think there were. I think H was quite close to like the management. I think there was. There was kind of maybe rumors at the time that he was maybe having a bit of a like a thing with one of the like managers yeah, and stuff. I think, I think he it was, was a bit yeah, like yeah, he, was, yeah. he had a bit of favoritism, and then they thought, oh, him and Claire would be a good kind of double act because she's got the voice. Yeah, and then they released an album. I, got, I guess we don't have to go into all this too much, but like, do you rate any of that particularly? Um, I think I was just a bit bitter about it. I mean, I think I think at the time, yeah. I think we still kind of. Or like the steps, like super fans still kind of went and followed them around and stuff because we didn't really want to let go mm. of it all at the time. And so we did yeah. go. I, I remember we definitely went to CD UK and watched them perform DJ. And I mean, I really like that song. I mean, if, if steps had released it, obviously I'd have been all over it. And it was obviously like, it was probably all these songs were probably going to be like on steps, next album or, you know, would have been in consideration for that. I would have thought. Um, yeah. So I quite liked, I quite liked DJ. And then they had Half a Heart, which was quite, quite nice. A bit more like, a bit slower, a bit more kind of mid-tempo. And I think they just realised then it wasn't going to have the same, it was never going to be the same as, as, as it was with the five of them. They just didn't have the same kind of personality punch, I think, that, that they had as a band. Um, and we had Lisa doing Totally Scott Lee oh and her little challenge about, <laughs> we could do a whole episode on, on Totally <laughs> Scott Lee. And actually, somebody has volunteered to be the guest for that. Uh, uh, shout out to Michael. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so she did that. 
and she was like if the single doesn't go to number 10 or to the top 10 yeah. I'm gonna give up right and yeah. it was Electric which is a fucking banger it's a banger as as, like, and it got to number 13 <laughs> and she's like the obviously the iconic moment where she's like it's shit it's absolutely shit Belista Capital but yeah so there was that, that was kind of just the slightly tragic aspect of Lisa which we love her for and I, think, I don't know I th- if she really gets the appeal of that, but... I think know. she's get. I think now she kind of embraces the fact that people think she's a bit of a hot mess. And I think, like, she's okay. got to that point now where she's like, I don't really care anymore. I'm the queen of the Huns, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Whereas yeah, back yeah. then, I think, again, like, you've come out of a massive pop band. She's probably been told, like, are oh, you going to be the next big thing? You're going to be a huge mm. star? I think she, what, she was like... I think she was kind of styling herself on like the being the next Kylie Minogue and like doing all of that kind of stuff mm. and being like the sexy one. And, you know, she was like topping all the polls of like FHM and stuff. She was kind of like, I think she thought she was going to be, she was going to be it. And then yeah. obviously it didn't quite happen. Like she had, I mean, her first two singles were both like too lately and lately and too far gone are both amazing. Faye, did she release something with an opera man or something like she that? She did something with Russell Watson and mm-hmm. I think she mainly went into like musical theatre and just kind of disappeared oh, yeah. a bit. Yeah, she did quite a lot of quite a lot of musicals, I think. And then I think, you know, she got married and had kids and kind of just disappeared for a little bit and didn't really emerge that much into the limelight. Yeah. Um and the same with Lee. I think like Lee just became like a personal trainer and just kind of had a nice time in Cheshire for a few years and just did whatever he wanted. And H did a lot of musicals as well. I remember going to see H in um Joseph, I think, in like okay. the mid two thousands, and then you know H did Celebrity Big Brother as well, didn't he? Back in the day, yeah, with with Joe from S Club, was he, he in the Joe year? Series, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that oh was, god, yeah. Less said about that, the better. Then of course we have Steps Reunion that ends up being like a, a in the lead into another greatest hits and a tour, right? And I remember this is this is when I actually thought, oh no, I'm really I'm really into Steps. I want the, like I'm happy they're back. I'm ready to stand. Because I remember going to see them in the O2, and was this the tour where they were in these pods at the yes. beginning? Yes. Oh my god! Like I was living I love that. for the pods. Yeah. Like so good. I was right at the back for that tour, and it was just me and my friend Kevin, who like I've known for like fifteen years, and and like is as big as a step span as I am. Mm. And we were stood there, and he loves here and now as well. It's like one of his favorite songs, and like they started kind of emerging up these pods, and then they came out and started singing here and now, and like I've literally never I've, I screamed. I, I was just like, oh my god, I can't believe this is happening. Because like I just I kind of had just packed it away, and I was like, oh you know, I'm never gonna. See them again like they're never going to be yeah again. it's fine whatever and, and then they were like oh my god they're like they're still amazing like they, they were still like nailing it and yeah that that moment was like iconic although there yeah. were some like there were some dodgy moments in that tour they were, i think they were trying to make themselves a bit current so they did like weird oh. like covers of like judas by lady gaga and like weird stuff like that which didn't really right, okay. didn't really work i don't think but um but just to have them back was just amazing and then they did this weird christmas thing which like um i i like the song light up the world and i think I think it, it it doesn't deserve to be completely ignored, no. which it is now, but fair enough. And that just wasn't what I, I think anybody wanted from them. So that was just like bad choices being made at a management level or at a record level. I, I don't know what's Yeah, I think there. at that like, point, they were, they were kind of, I think they were having that, probably having that conversation of, are they going to be like a heritage act where they just kind of come and yeah. do like their greatest hits every now and again? Or are, are they going to come back as like a credible pop band in, in, this, in this era? And I think they probably thought at that yeah. point, maybe that isn't something that they can do. And they kind of thought let's just like rush out a kind of a Christmas album and we'll get a new single out and you know that and it'll sell 
a hundred thousand copies at Christmas and that'll be that and then we'll do a tour next year and you know jobs are good in. So yeah. I, don't know, I don't really know like to be honest what happened in that intervening five years because they obviously went away mm. and thought like we can do this again and we can actually make a go of it and I think they almost kind of like I don't it wasn't self-finance but like it wasn't on a major label that that comeback album it was kind of it was kind of done off their own backs really and they kind of I think they sourced their own songwriters and found people that were willing to work with them and stuff and you know it's almost amazing like the alchemy that they managed to pull together to get that album off the ground because like everything was against them really when you think like could they could they achieve something that was like that good yeah and i remember i remember tuning into like radio 2 i guess it must have been when they were playing the single for the first time um scared of the dark mm. obviously and um i remember it was maybe halfway through the so- the song but as soon as i heard it i was like this this is it like this yeah. is fucking incredible i know it's exactly what you should be doing yeah um such such a like a peak in their career in their discography like 100%. talk about how to make a comeback it's just amazing it's definitely amazing one song. of their best singles and i think it's one of those that if it had been released in the late 90s it definitely would have been like top five hit you know and yeah I think it was obviously the time when you know streaming had just started and like that you know they were mm. never going to get a, a, a top 40 single i think it actually did nearly scrape the top 40 um mm-hmm. on and i can did well in sales i think it was like top 10 in like pure sales obviously no one was buying singles at that point but yeah. Um, but yeah it definitely cut through and i was like oh my god like they actually the back and they they're going to be like an actual force to be reckoned with again um and then was this the album with a story of a heart it was which lee hates lee hates um, i i love that song and i think like they I had like to it. i mean i love how they kind of came full circle with the whole abba thing because like you know obviously a lot of a lot of the songs you can hear the tinges of it and you know one for sorrow and you know they could easily have done a cover of like chikatito or like the winner takes yeah. it all or whatever at some point in their careers but like thankfully they didn't do that apart from that ill-fated dancing queen one that they did for the comeback and this is like i think it's just the perfect way to do like an abba song or a song that's been written by benny and bjorn because it's just i just love it i just, I just and again like steps having that kind of melancholy kind of like tone and you know songs about heartbreak and stuff and i think i think they just all nail it and in terms of like going through like say steptacular and there's loads of like filler on there and i could kind of do without it there's not that much filler on on that album there's there's, no. there's loads of bangers that again weren't singles like you make me whole and, and happy are both like really good dance tracks as well i think you know are really, really strong in their own right no more tears on the dance floor no more tears love on that. the dance floor glitter and gold yeah I, I would love again i would love again like who did that in the first <laughs> place was it oh lara, lara fabian, fabian from back in the day like love yeah, a bit of yeah, that. yeah. um and they've obviously got good people around them going like oh this is this is the kind of music that like is right for mm. you in like 2017 or whenever it was so yeah and it's good that it's kind of kept to like a tidy 10 tracks because like some of the original like got to like 15 tracks and stuff yeah. like that and i was like that's too much yeah see like, let, let's keep it yeah following that then we have oh i remember this when um i guess it was in the in the lockdown um this song had leaked had, appeared on chinese itunes uh way in advance um which is how uh what the future holds was leaked did you know that yeah i yeah. didn't know that i didn't know that i didn't hear yeah that. it had just appeared on chinese itunes apparently well as a full and, single um, by them or as like a demo yeah, yeah 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 i think so so like the song was just out there anyway they kept a lid on it until they were ready to like release it properly and um then came what the future holds the album which i think is also a very strong album very consistent album I have a signed copy here behind me. I think it moved on enough from like the previous album and it felt like a little bit more current. I think in the in the last album and like some of the kind of the, the non-album like tracks they've released as well, like 
they've started to go a little bit like middle of the road, I feel like. And so like maybe they're going for like the Radio okay. 2 market a bit now because they see that like that's basically where they sit now. Like they want to get played on Radio 2. So like the last like song, Hard to Forget, like I, I would easily forget that because it's like it's, it's not. Like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm not yeah. a huge okay. fan of like um, Heartbreak in this city with, you know. And, and, okay. I mean, I don't, I don't mind it, but like I wouldn't like. I wouldn't go back to it. I don't think and listen and listen to it. And mm. I really love "To the Beat of My Heart," and that's a great. I think that's a great song. Yeah, something in your eyes. Yeah, I mean, I just, I yeah, it is what it is, isn't it? Like it's just a bang. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's just pure, pure pop. And like, yeah, I do love it. I, yeah. do, I do love it. I do love it. I know you've done it because it's obviously got a Eurovision kind of like background, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Now, what the future holds, part two, was a bit weird to me. I was like, what, what is this? What's going on? Yeah, um, and again, it's like you know, oh, we want to get another Christmas kind of cycle and sell some more albums and you know put a few more songs in and all the rest of it so you know i'm, I'm you know it's I, it's fine but like I, w- I don't go back to these kind of some of these songs but like obviously love slightest touch is like such an amazing song that was that was that on that album yeah or? yeah love that they kind of leaned back into the whole oh let's just find some songs from melody festival and uh the swedish eurovision selection thing for this one so they'd had two of those a million years and victorious and it just felt a little bit, some of it felt a little bit on the cost-effective side, let's just say. Yeah, you can tell that, like, I don't really know a huge amount about this because I remember, like, it came out and I kind of listened to it. I was really excited because, like, obviously, any new Steps music, I'm like, oh, I need to listen and I can't wait. And then I kind of thought, oh, mm. none of this really grabbed me. And I was a bit like, oh, I, I, I'm not going to go back to this. Whereas I will listen to the whole of um, Tears of the Dance for album or, like, the majority of what the future holds. But, like, I wouldn't I wouldn't go back and listen to, the, to those tracks again. I do like 100 Years of Winter, I will say, um, quite a lot, especially the remix. I think it's the F9 remix or something. I like that a lot. Um, but I went to see, I assume you did too, the What the Future Holds tour. Did yes, you see it? I did. And did you see it at the, at the like, O2? Uh, no, it was at the Birmingham, in Birmingham at the NEC. Oh, very good. And so did you have all five members or no? Yes. So <laughs> the tour, okay. Yeah. So, oh, did we? Oh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, no, we did. I think, I think that, yeah, because there was all sorts of COVID stuff going on at the time, wasn't there? So, yeah, I think there was a question mark over Faye, but she was, she was there in the end. So, yeah, we know we had the full compliment. We, we were missing when I saw it. Uh, it was like the first day that Faye came back and it was missing Lee. Um, and, you know, no disrespect to any of. <laughs> I was like, thank God it's Lee and not Faye. Yeah. <laughs> But I, 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 Faye was important for uh, for me to be there. But um, I felt it was the first thing that I had done in terms of like a show since COVID struck. And I really had this overwhelming feeling of just this like joy again of like seeing a big, shiny, colourful pop show. And I was like, I just felt grateful. It sounds weird, but I felt grateful to them for like giving that to us, like in the middle of this hellish existence yeah and so that was kind of a, a a special moment for me going to see that tour and i loved the tour like i loved i thought it was really well put together i thought it was great i loved the arrangement of after the love has gone yeah it was like it was a like motown like a one yeah and I, I know they released it like as some kind of digital exclusive or whatever to get the the platinum collection to number one but it hasn't come out since bit annoyed about that because i would like to um be able to listen to it yeah but uh yeah so like kind of thinking about it when steps were let's call it the first phase i like there was so much pop around that um i kind of took them for granted in a way whereas when we think about the last few years like nobody's doing that and so it's so welcome and it's like they're like the saviors of pop music like pure pop music in the uk at least which i'm really kind of thankful for so they released the platinum collection went to number one they did a summer tour 
Um, there's no real sign or indication of what might be next, assuming that like something will be next. But like, what would you expect? What would you like to see? I think it'd be good. Like, you know, so they've done 25 years. They've had a big year this year. They've done loads of gigs. They've obviously released the Platinum Collection. You know, they've come out with a couple of new songs, all the rest of it. I think that's a really good way of marking it. And I think they should probably probably go away now for a little bit and let people want them again. Because like, I I love Steps. You know, I've seen them twice this year I've, i saw them probably twice the previous year like i've, I've seen them in you know in, in the last few years mm. a lot and I, d- I don't want to become bored of them you know what i mean because they are so amazing and like you know they're, they're so important because i just think that it'd be good to like not really overexpose us with the kind of the same kind of show so i think it'd be good for them to go away for a little bit do some of their own projects maybe come back in like a couple of years but you know i'm sure they'll be thinking already about like 30 years and what they're going to do mm. potentially for that so yeah the last the last few years especially have just been an amazing time for the group i think and I'm so pleased that they managed to do what they have done because um, it's just been like with, with a couple of caveats, like a huge success for them. And it's great to see. So before we move on, we talked about a potential top five situation uh, of your steps faves. Yeah. And I think you, you were going to do album tracks and singles. I have a top five singles, so I'll let you do your album tracks uh, okay. first from five to one. So it's quite, quite hard to come to five because obviously there's loads of iconic bangers. Um, and it's not really in any particular order, but... Um, oh, yeah. Uh, so I've put This Heart Will Live Again from the first album, which I mentioned, because it's like, it's it's probably the most kind of PWL, kind of Stockaking and Waterman, like bangery mm. type, pop abbery type song that they didn't release. And like, I don't know, every time I listen to it, like there's something about it, like the chord progression or whatever that I just really love. Love You More, again, off the first album, mm. because it has that slightly more dancey kind of element to it. And the lyrics are really interesting. And it's got, again, it's got kind of dark vibe and it is a slightly more credible song for them, especially kind of considering what else was on that first album. Paradise Lost from Buzz, which you know most like big fans would put in their list, I think, of like album tracks, just because yeah, she's got a massive, huge chorus and this kind of again this quite lilting kind of like moody kind of vibe. Just like the first time, which was a B side of Here and Now and You'll Be Sorry, and became like at the time like again like very much like a fan favorite because it was like this again this huge like it sounded like something that PWL would have released in like the late. 80s or like on the Kylie mm. the Kylie record or something like that so I just love that and it gave Queen Lisa a bit of a, a, a solo starring role as well which I always oh, we enjoyed as well um, yeah. and then there's a little bit of a kind of a, a little bit of a left field one I have put I needed a bang, I needed a ballad in there and so I put in If You Believe which is the last um, song off the Spectacular album which Ooh. Faye belts um, to the top of her voice and yeah was co-written with Cindy Lauper and I think well um, you can't go better than that and yeah I just yeah. like the strings and the orchestral kind of element to it so yeah those are my five. Cool, cool, cool. And then for your singles, do you have like in no particular order as well? It's yeah. or is it five to a one? No, it's no particular order really. I couldn't really, I couldn't really put one okay. on top of all of the others. So I've kind of just come up with five that I really love. Cool, go for it. Okay, so number five is "Love's Got a Hold of My Heart" because it's the most quintessentially like up tempo, poppy, kind of feel good step single. I think it's kind of pure joy from start to finish. And so every time it comes on, as I said, like the. The outfits were amazing. The dance was amazing. The video was amazing, and yeah, it kind of it reintroduced them like to, into their second album kind of era, and it was like a huge, huge hit for them. So I really love that one. It's the way it made me feel. It, again, it was a slightly different sound for them, and and yeah, it was kind of indicative of that kind of Max Martini type sound, and yeah, obviously again an iconic, um, iconic Renaissance style video with Le- with Lisa's braces. 
Um, yes. <laughs> and then um, I've got three, then three songs from like the new era. So actually, like mm. uh, they definitely like hold up. So I've got "Scared of the Dark," "What the Future Holds," and "Story of a Heart," which um, I kind of love all equally in kind of different ways. I had um, so for number five, I had something in your eyes because as we talked about, it's just like pure shiny, yeah. colorful pop. Number four, "Summer of Love." Oh, I love "Summer of Love," classic banger. I, yeah, I did. Yeah, I was yeah. going to put that in there, and then I did. Yeah, it just it slightly missed out. But again, I, I absolutely love that dance routine. Like, it's the, another one of those. Oh, yeah. I'll just I'll have to do it if it comes on. Number three, "Deeper Shade of Blue." I mean, I just think it's a really melancholy banger. Number two, "Scared of the Dark," and then for number one, I put uh, "What the Future Holds" because I, I don't think I, I think it might be uh, unusual number one, but I just I love it, and it just reminds me particularly of those opening moments of the tour when you know that there was this countdown clock and then it rises oh my and God. they're there yeah. and it's just I felt so excited and euphoric and I love the song anyway so that's that's my number one alright let's do some unpopular opinions pop 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 unpopular opinions okay so this is where we uh, hear from our listeners any questions they have any comments they want to make so Mike says H is still an annoying uh, bleep how do you feel about h i mean he's a bit earnest i would give him that and like you know he was always like, he was never like my favorite back in the day and like you know always like going like ooh, ooh in like in the in the in the arena yeah. and all that kind of stuff and like being annoyed yeah. but you know i'm happy with like the fact that he's kind of can be who he wants to be now and be himself and all that yeah stuff. living That's his really best good. gay life exactly and, uh, living his best gay yeah. life and yeah we can appreciate that ollie asks what's your favorite dance routine of theirs if you had to pick one um, oh my god, love's got a hold of my heart. Because, oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. As soon yeah. as it starts, as soon as that like kind of that like piano intro starts, I'm like, I can't help but just do like the twirl around with my finger. Can't stop it. Sarah says, "I'm about to do panto with Faye." Wow. So Sarah, please tell her she is a queen, ever youthful, ever stunning, amazing icon. And we love her, and I loved John Strudicum dancing as well. I was like, some of her performances on that were absolutely iconic. Uh, Lucas says their newer music pushed me to dive fully into their older stuff. I was just a singles gal before, and yeah, there's definitely there's definitely some little gems in the in the back catalogue on the album tracks. Dan says the comeback blueprint for Heritage Acts. Take note, Spice Girls. Uh, yeah. yeah, the Spice Girls anniversary stuff has not been great. No, uh, the H and Claire back catalogue should be included in live shows. Disagree. I dis- disagree. Disagree. Absolutely not. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> He says Lee is criminally underutilized. I think these days he's quite utilized. I right? think he gets. I think he gets quite a good look in nowadays. I think he's fine. I think he's happy. That must have been part of the contract negotiations, right? He was like, "I'll do it if you give me a fucking verse every so yeah, often." Yeah, give me a vocal once in a while. Yeah, I mean, he can. He can. He can hold a tune. He can hold a tune. Bless him. And then he says, also the classic structure of Claire, then Faye, then Lisa ad libs should be dropped. Mix it up. I mean, they mix it up a little bit, right? But I suppose that is... Maybe Faye could go first. Or, or Lisa, you know. <laughs> or Lisa. Andrew says, what an awesome comeback. Agree. Michael says, what's going on with experienced? Yes, about H. Losing his virginity to an older woman. Iconic. We covered that. Gavin, Lee needs to take his top off more. Well, I'm sure there are people who would agree with that. Absolutely. Uh, Rob says, there were all five original members throughout the group's the, the group's lifetime which is rare which is true like okay so H and Claire left but like the group has when the group has been steps it's been all five which is well, yeah think it like list another big pop act that's kind of either stuck around or has tried to come back like yeah. there's not one that's still together like you're talking about five is now three S Club is now yeah. two plus one from a pre-band two and a half so yeah. my girls are, are well four four uh, take yeah. that is three yeah so true Chris says he asks 
Classic steps or new steps? Does the new material live up to the classics? Definitely it does. But if you had to pick, what would uh, you I mean, just, ugh, it's so hard because like, I appreciate them in a completely different way now that I'm a bit older and like, you know, I can see them more and all the rest of it. But just in terms of the impact like, they had on like a young gay child when I was like 15, yeah. I think I can't really deny what they did in the early years. Uh, and then he also mentions the unbelievable awkwardness and sheer brilliance of Steps Reunion. Yes. <laughs> and Jilly says, please talk about the documentary, particularly when... Lee confronted H with the resignation letter he'd kept. I saw that today. Oh when I God! It. Yeah, I love that. He was like, "I have the letter." Yeah, so good. And it was like, it was like the voiceover was like, "H refused to show the production company the contents of the letter." So like, it doesn't actually say what he said. Yeah, but... I mean, yeah, it was like some kind of legally <laughs> binding thing. It's like you can't read this yeah. out loud. I need to go and watch all that again because it was like iconic television. Okay, so it is now time for. The quiz. Is it a quiz? Yes. Is it a quiz? Yes. Yes, it is. I know. It's a quiz. Let's go. James, this is the quiz where I uh, I have three categories of question. Easy, medium, hard. Okay. They're worth one point, two points, and three points, respectively. Uh, you can pick um, seven questions. So if you just give me a category, easy, medium, hard, and a number from one to five, please. Uh, so I'll start with a medium just to kind of get the lay of the land. So I have yeah. a medium number three, please. How many of the six film references from the Say You'll Be Mine video can you name? Oh, God. One point for each three. Okay, so we six. had Titanic. We had mm-hmm. there's something about Mary. Mm-hmm. There was like Catwoman or like Batman, one of, yeah. one of the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how many more are there? Three more. Oh, it's Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, I can't. I can't think of the other two. It was Austin Powers. Oh, of course. And uh, Armageddon. Armageddon. Yeah, yeah. Lee, 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 Lee and Lisa getting it on. Watching that video today and seeing Lee um, <laughs> recreating that something about Mary moment was just quite shocking to I me. I think it know? was. Yeah, like, <laughs> like I couldn't believe it at the time. I was like, wow. This at the time, especially like scary. kids group doing that. Like, how were they not? Uh, strung up for that. Anyway, okay, one point for that. Well done. Next category and number. Let's go. Right, let's go for a hard, and I'll completely go up in flames. So let's try a hard okay. number five. According to Wikipedia, how many headlining tours have they embarked on? So they they did like a theatre slash kind of small venues tour for the first album. Then they would have done a spe- spectacular album, greatest hits, and then they had the one when they came back in twenty eleven, playing the dance floor, and then. What the future holds. So I've probably missed one out. I'm going to say six. I have eleven. Oh, it could be. Listen, it could be Wikipedia's fucking up, or it could, it could be me. Ne- uh, step one tour. Yeah. Next step tour. Spectacular tour. Steps into Christmas. Gold tour. Ultimate tour. Christmas with steps. Party on the dance floor. Summer of steps. What the future holds. And 25th anniversary. Okay, summer I tour. was completely wrong on that. Yeah, I will not <laughs> go for a hard one next. I'll go for another medium then. Number uh, number one, please. Uh, which song is number one most popular on their Spotify at the moment, and also their most listened to by far? It must be tragedy. It's five, six, seven, eight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. By Miles. All right, what's next? Um, medium four. Who is the oldest member at 47? Actually, two of them are 47, but this person is older. I think. Lee is the oldest. Correct. Well done. Well done. All right. What's next? Let's try a hard one. Why not? Hard two. Which member is in the middle of most of their album covers? Oh, my God. <laughs> um, I mean, logically, you would say it was Claire, but maybe it's... I'll go with Claire. 
It's actually Lisa. Oh, God bless her. Lisa finally gets the limelight. I yeah, I can't. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll have another medium. What, what have I got left on the mediums? Two and five left. Okay, five, please. Complete the lyrics of To the Beat of My Heart. Ice cool, baby. I don't want to miss a beat. Everybody sweating in the underground heat. <laughs> it's something like body rocking body something, something, something. I'll give you a point for that. It is body rocking body. Like an endless tide. Yeah, I think I'm ready for the midnight ride. Midnight ride. Okay. Another sex. Spot. Who isn't? Who isn't? Who isn't? All right. So your last question. Let's go for another hard one. Why not? All, all Death or glory. Number, what have I got left? Hard three. They headlined Mighty Hoopla in 2022. How many of the first three songs they performed can you name? One point for each. <laughs> I was there, but I was probably hammered. Um, it was the end of the day. Yeah. I can't remember. I cannot remember. You could, you could take a guess. Yeah. Uh, something in your eyes? No. It's more, let's, first era, first era, original phase. Okay. Last thing on my mind? Yes. Love's got a hold of my heart? Yes. Yeah. And then if we just think about the, the occasion, the setting, you know, it was, <laughs> it was a, probably a warm evening. Oh, summer uh, of love. <laughs> yeah. You did fabulously. Well done. All right. So uh, let's move on to our recommendations. The show is coming to an end, but is what we would recommend, my friend. James, what can you recommend to our listeners from anything in the world? So I'm... I mean, I think a lot of people probably know about this singer now anyway, because she's been like everywhere in the last few weeks, but I've kind of become mildly obsessed with self-esteem in the last kind of three or four oh. months. I saw at Glastonbury, well, it wasn't at Glastonbury, but I watched it on TV at Glastonbury mm. and I was like, oh my God, like, who is this woman? Like, she's just such a badass and like, she doesn't give a mm. shit. And I just love her story that she's just like, you know, spent 15 years trying to make it and like, she's finally doing the music that she wants to do. And yeah. like, and she's like, she's really pop, but also like, she's kind of credible at the same time. And she's like writing about like mental health issues and like heartbreak and, you know, being gay and having issues and like all this stuff yeah her lyrics are like incredible and i think she's like an amazing performer as well like she obviously puts loads of effort into like the the dance routines and all that kind of stuff and i just loved like the the iconic kind of outfit she wore at glastonbury where she had the cones from the meadow hill shopping center like as her bra which i thought was like really incredible She was on the bill at Mighty Hoopla and I just didn't know really anything about her. And so I remember this girl was like, oh, I'm going to see self-esteem. This girl I was talking to. And I was like, well, I don't know who the fuck that is, but enjoy. And like now looking back, I'm I like, oh, I wish I had, I wish I had seen her. Yeah. No, she seems really, really interesting uh, as, as an artist. So yeah, I need to, I need to uh, check her out I more. I think they're, um, she's like reissuing her album like this week or next week. Like, oh, okay. Because now she's suddenly like big and everyone's talking about it. So I think they're re-releasing her album with like new versions of some of the, the, the main tracks off the album and stuff. Uh, oh God, I'll definitely check that out. My recommendation is a film. It just popped up on Netflix recently. It's called Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Have you heard of it? No, who's in it? So it was, um, it's a French film and it was, film I saw we talked about like the steps tour being the first thing I did after COVID this was the last thing I did like before COVID the last thing I went to um, and it's this French film about this um, like I guess like aristocrat woman or whatever like important woman in the past it's like a period thing and um, there are various attempts to paint a portrait of her but she's difficult and whatever and the portrait just doesn't happen until this artist comes along and they have a connection and it's like a 
you know, LGBT moment. Oh, and cool. um, it's a really, really, really beautiful film. And it just popped up on Netflix recently, so I'm recommending it to everybody. So And so now it is time for Songs Gay People Like. So we have a Spotify playlist, which is called Songs Gay People Like. And each episode, my guest will suggest three songs for the playlist to uh, be added. And I will pick one. So, James, what songs have you selected? So, obviously, I've seen what step songs are in there already. So, you've got you've got something in your oh, eyes, yeah. and you've got um, slightest touch. Slightest touch, yeah. Um, so, both from like the new era. So, mm. I think we need a song from the old era. And I was going to go for like one of the classic kind of you know bangers, or whatever. But I think let's go for one that perhaps some people won't have won't have necessarily heard, or if they're deep diving back into like the old steps album tracks and stuff. So, I'm going to put "Love You More" in there because I think it kind of oh, yeah. it stands up quite well with like perhaps the vibe of like some of the other songs on that playlist and I think it's the kind of song that yep. you could probably still listen to or release in 2022 and it'll still sound quite fresh so that one can go in there yeah but then I mean I've got a few, I've got I've written a, I was I was I was canvassing opinion last week when I was on holiday in Canada, <laughs> like what songs can go in this in this um in this playlist and like some yeah. of them obviously quite cool pop and the rest of it but I'm like let's go for like a full-on like old school pop pop banger so I mentioned mm. Billy Piper briefly um in that chat earlier on and the, the one song that if it ever comes on in a gay club or or if there's one song I ever want to request to like dance on a Saturday night in like a gay club yeah. in Birmingham, it is Day and Night by Billy Piper because every oh, single listen. time, just, I don't know, just the way it would just all of the day, it's like, right, I'm, yeah. I'm fully, I'm fully You're in. in. And I just love yeah, that yeah, moment, yeah. that Billy Piper like era where she was just like that song and then um, something deep inside is also an yeah. incredible song. But, really um, good too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That one's That's a great addition. That That's a great addition. Um, and then, like my ultimate kind of queen is is Robin, and like I just always go back to Robin. Oh, yeah. and I don't think there's any Robin in the um, in the playlist yeah, so good far. Point. I absolutely good love point. Robin. So yeah. let's just put the ultimate dancing dancing on my own yeah, because Perfect. again, I just obsessed with that song definitely a desert island disc song wait you don't want to put the callum thingy version oh my god get (laughs) in the bin they are three excellent choices thank you um i'm just gonna chuck uh what the future holds in there because uh for reasons already stated absolutely james thank you so much for taking the time to talk about steps with me i've loved it it's been a pleasure thank you so much i'm sorry my um my quiz knowledge wasn't better not at all not at all not at all and um when they return uh and release more bangers um will you please return yourself as steps correspondent and give me your thoughts on them 100 percent. hopefully it won't be too long and so if um any you know like-minded steps uh, fans or people want to uh, follow you on social media where can they find you yeah so i'm just at james underscore boville on twitter and instagram so b-o-v-i ll and i think there is still a facebook page for people who used to be on the steps official um oh, website really? so if you fancy um meeting um like absolutely um hardcore steps fans then that's the place to be <laughs> all right brilliant thank you james cheers let's go bye. Bye, bye thank you very much to james um i realized while i was listening back i didn't say what my favorite dance was uh, Ollie, and I don't know if this is my favourite, but I really do like Scared of the Dark when you put your, your arm in front of your face as if you are scared of the dark. All right, before I go and before I hand over to my mom, of course, we have a couple of updates on previous topics. So as you may know, there have been developments with Neighbours and also Taylor Swift released an album and had a tour go on sale and everything. So I wanted to get in touch with our Neighbours correspondent Kyle and Taylor Swift correspondent Chris just to get their thoughts on all that. So I had a quick chat with both of them and here's what they had to say. Kyle, you're back. 
I know. I feel like a bit like Harold Bishop, sort of, <laughs> sort of thing, really, you know. I wasn't expecting to be back this soon. I wasn't expecting you to be back either, um, but I'm very pleased that we have the opportunity for you to come back. This is crazy to me. I Like, of all the things um, that could have happened, did not expect this at all. It's, honestly, um, it's, it's probably like the biggest like plot twist in, in history, really. And so it's like something that neighbours would have wrote. Exactly, exactly. So as uh, I'm sure many people know, if not everybody, Neighbours is coming back. Um, where were you when you heard and what was your reaction? Well, it's, it's a bit of a funny story, Kevin. I was actually just at work and it was actually my friend Ben had sent us a, te- like, it's a, like, a message saying, have you seen the news? And I was like, yeah. oh God, what, what on earth is this currently doing now? So I went straight on, like looked on like The Guardian and I'm thinking, well, it's only the budget, like nothing's been announced. And then I was like, yeah. actually, I should go on Twitter. So I looked on Twitter and the, the mm. first thing that came up was Neighbours. And I was like, oh, I wonder if they're like, re- like, you know, releasing like the old episodes. So they've got like Carl and Susan back yeah. just for like a little skit. And when I was like, yeah. list, like literally watching, I was like, oh my God, no, it can't be. It can't be back. Yeah. No, really. Wow. Amazing. It really is. And so... It's going to be on Freevee, which I have never heard of before. Have you heard of that? I haven't. No, I haven't. But I have obviously looked at it since. <laughs> yeah, you're obsessed now. Huge fan. Huge fan. Got loads of good programs um, on it. <laughs> it's an Amazon. I believe it's an Amazon streaming service that's ad supported, so it's free. And they're going to be. They're going to have all the old episodes, but then they're talking about a new series. Well, yeah. Which to me, do, what 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 are you getting from that? Like a, like well, a limited. I series? can confirm, Kevin. I haven't actually spoke oh. to Fremantle or Alan and Jackie, but I have yeah. seen an interview that was on Digital Spy the other day that the show yeah. will be delivering four hundred new episodes over two years. So I'm assuming okay. it'll be about two hundred, two hundred a year. Um. The, they do have the, the original four. So they've got um, Alan Fletcher, who plays Do- uh, Carl Kennedy, Susan Kennedy. Mm-hmm. They've got Tody and um, Stephen Dennis, who plays Paul Robinson. Yeah. So they've got all those four back. And they have Jason Herbison, who was the executive producer of the show before it finished. Who so, we love, who we love. Yes, indeed. Because like, I think the show will be in safe hands. It would be lovely if they got a few of the old cast back. I'm, I'm just hoping like Melanie and Jane come back and a few of the like the younger ones as well. Because the show was really at the top of its game before it finished in the summer. But are you are you preparing yourself for like all kinds of new faces and like a new feel and new vibe? Yeah, I feel so. I feel like the the end, like the the finale that they gave back in the summer was was absolutely perfect. So this reboot. Mm. I think gives it a chance to rebrand itself, and because I don't think they've got Ramsey Street confirmed, as in I don't think they've got the oh, the, the residents yeah. of the Pin or Court like officially confirmed. Yeah. So I think it's just okay. the sets and stuff. So it'd be interesting. Right. Yeah, it'd be interesting. There must be. Some, what's the general feeling in the fandom? I'm. I'm. I assume it's very, very happy. But I would also assume that some people were along the road in their like you know, for want of a better word, like mourning process for this show, uh, like coming to terms with the fact that it's over. And yeah, then all yeah. of a sudden, actually, no, it's back. Like <laughs> th- emotionally, that must be a bit strange for some people. I, th- I think there probably has been a couple of people that have kind of went, oh, well, we're kind of mourned. Like you like, sort of like had that feeling of like, hmm. you know, like a death sort of thing. So people have obviously had that period yeah. of like and getting used to it not being on. 
for me, yeah. I'm over the moon that it's back, and it, it's lovely to see yeah. the neighbors' Twitter community back up and running, and like the like oh, the Facebook yeah. groups are, are really like full of life again. It's lovely, and and I think most of us are just waiting to see what happens, like you know how it progresses, and you know what they do, what they do. Obviously, they're still doing the the tour, which is now being no, yes. being rebranded as the Neighbors Celebration Tour. So perfect, you know. So it's it, it's I think it's in good stead. I suppose it'll just be a nice extra. Like who knows what it's going to be, but what an amazing thing to happen! I'm really really happy for you. I'm really really happy for the fandom online who've been lovely about um, the episodes that you have been involved with of this podcast. So would you do me the honor when it comes back again of making a fourth appearance just to tell me what you think of it? Hey, Harold was on loads of times over the years. So I'm sure I could just turn it in a new Harold, maybe a younger, more attractive Harold Bishop. But, you know, I love it. I love it. Right. Thank you, as always, Kyle. All right. See you soon, Kevin. See bye. you soon. Bye. Chris, welcome back. Thank you very much. Swifty extraordinaire. <laughs> I love that that's my title. It's been quite a couple of months for you Swifties. Um, and we actually haven't spoken about this album yet. So I am very curious to know what are your thoughts are on Midnight's, the 20 track <laughs> deluxe extravaganza. Um, hit me. Um, oh God, I've kind of mixed feelings about it. So when it came out, okay. I immediately was like, absolutely not. It almost felt like a greatest hits album. Like I could place each of those songs on different albums. So I kind of thought, right. there's nothing new here. This is almost regurgitated songs that probably didn't make the cut. That's how it felt initially. I kind of thought that too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, it, it gave me like Just See You when she did that album of all her songs that got rejected for their artists. Yeah. I immediately yeah, yeah, thought yeah. of that. Um, but then I, I had to move away from that concept. And I was like, it's a concept album. It's a specific time, a specific place. And the more I kind of got into that and, the, you know, I, th- I do think it's it's an evening album. You're not bopping to it during the day. Um, mm. I, I kind of actually started coming on board with loads of the songs. And the the standard edition, I quite like. I haven't really given the 3am version my time because I'm still, trying yeah. to pro- I'm still trying to process it all. Well, that's in keeping with your appearance on the podcast before where you just don't really do bonus tracks and that's okay. <laughs> my branding. <laughs> I need to just yeah. keep it going. I'm kind of pleased in a way that you thought that because I really did. I was like, I've heard this before. Mm. I think I've heard these songs before, <laughs> but like I did like some of them and whatever. Mm. I just, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit baffled at how successful it's been. I shouldn't be because at this stage she is just incredibly successful every time. But this seems even beyond that. I think they're pleasant songs. Mm-hmm. I think they're well written and well sung. Mm-hmm. Do I think they should be occupying all 10 spots of the Billboard Hot 100 or whatever? Like, no. Mm-hmm. But that's, I can't, I, I accept it, but I can't really understand it. Um, but what are your, like, standout tracks? My standout tracks at the moment, and, and this is probably somewhat likely to change, the top three for me are "You're on Your Own, Kid." Oh, track five. We love a bit. We love a track five. Yes, very popular for Taylor. Um, I am really enjoying Labyrinth, and I also love Karma. Very good, very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Karma too. It's it's one of the closest things to a bop yes. that we have. But come here, have you seen that little kid? He's not even a kid. That little guy on TikTok with all his dances. 
No, which which kid? There's a few of them now. You need to be a bit more specific. Of course, of course. But there's one guy who came up with the bejeweled dance, for example, the strutting. Oh, and, the and yes, okay, I have totally seen him. It's it is hilarious. I do love it. I will say that some of these dances have really caught on to the point where I think like Taylor cannot not do it when she performs bejeweled at the tour. Um, which mm. is a good segue to talk yes. about the Eras tour. First of all, how do you think, or what do you think of the, the concept of a tour encapsulating all previous eras? I, I think it was probably the best route to go down because if she did a Midnight's tour, I don't think there will be as much interest. Okay, so it's a, a savvy decision. Yeah, like, like I mean, Eras is effectively greatest hits. She's not calling it that. She's changing the words. But it's, yeah. it's, you know, it's the culmination of her work to date. And she's been through it a bit this week with mm. the pre-sale that happened for the US dates. And every, on, on my TikTok, three out of five videos was a crying white woman talking about how she couldn't get tickets to this show. What is your understanding of what the hell happened there? Yeah, I don't know. Like It was bonkers. But I think, I think it has more to do with her fandom and Swifties and things like that, rather than the album being this huge success. But the demand for yeah. her... Joe, and, and like that, it's a tour that's covering Joe from album one to album 10. So the the idea of you'll get everything in, in one go. But yeah, it was just madness. And the prices that people were paying, you know, queuing, yeah. you know, for you know, ridiculous times and, and willing to pay ridiculous money. And it, it just goes to show uh, just kind of the awfulness of it in some ways. I thought it was really mm. sad. Um, just that, that people are being excluded because they don't have enough money when it shouldn't be like that. You're going to be so bored during the like first couple of albums and, and that tour if you go, aren't you? Well, I, I think on the, on those random albums that nobody really knows, you know, she, she's just going to do like Love Story, Romeo, Juliet, whatever they're called, all those songs. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be waiting until she hits red, all those, all those ones. Yeah, of course, of course. Let me ask you, though, what would you be prepared to pay for a ticket to the Eras tour in, like, say, Croke Park or whatever? Well, so... The last time she came, I think I paid, excuse me, was it about a hundred and something euro? I mean, okay, we were, which is a lot. Which is a lot. We were in the balcony. We weren't that close. Uh, and the yeah. next night they got free tickets because it was that it was that reputation. Yeah, tour. I remember you saying. Um, yeah. So I, I, maybe max, I think, 300. Whoa, okay. Maybe. Yeah, if it got me close okay, enough, okay. if I felt like it was That's really worth it. But, but maybe, you know. Um, yeah. Do you have any other thoughts, reflections on all things Taylor Swift lately? I kind of feel like she needs to give it a rest. Oh? Yeah, probably maybe a little bit controversial. So when all the ticket stuff was happening, a lot of my For You page on TikTok was all about, you know, she is she is a, a white woman, she's out to make her money, she doesn't, yeah. she's not a particularly good ally, she only speaks out about things when it directly impacts her, and they were, mm. they were citing some of the criticisms that people have said, and, and the way she responds, but then won't call off her fans, or and, mm. and, and I think it's a fair comment, even in terms of being an ally, she's, she's not vocal she's, she's a brand, she's an image and she curates mm. that very well and, and look, she makes phenomenal music, and I will worship it to the ground, but as a person, I think she needs to maybe move out of the limelight again for fear that people will kind of, it'll be that reputation mindset again where yeah. people were just fed up of her. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see before she released that statement that she did end up releasing, there was a lot of talk, as you say, on TikTok of people kind of coming to the realization that this person is not our friend. Mm. Um, is like It seems like she might be, but she's not. Mm. She's a businesswoman and she yeah. wants to make money. It, it, it's a sad thing to realize that about. And I'm sure that I could say the same about some people that I admire very much. But um, at the end of the day, they're there to make a few quid. Yeah. Um, and of course, we are there to, in most cases, provide that um (laughs) but thank you for your thoughts um if the Eras tour does come to dublin and if you go please let me know what you think yes i will and uh give those 3 a.m tracks a listen at some point there's a couple of good ones (laughs) actually the one that i love is and you probably saw this on tiktok and i only i was only listening to them today when i realized you know where she's like um do you want to know where i was April 25th oh, or whatever. yes, I've seen some of this on but Twitter. The TikTok is like, do you want to know where I was January 6th? They've uh, edited it really well, and I just find that really funny. Okay, gas. What's, yeah, it, what's that song? Is that Paris? It could be. They all kind of blended into one for me yeah. when I was listening. It could be Paris. I do like, I w- will say I like the song. Is it Midnight Rain? Oh, Sounds yes. a bit weird. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The James Charles uh, cameo. I like oh, that one. Oh, my God, stop. That's apparently, isn't, <laughs> isn't that about Tom Hiddleston? Oh, is it? Yeah, that's reportedly here. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, thank you so much, Chris. Thanks for having me, Kevin. We'll have you back on again. Thank you. Bye. Bye. This has to be the longest episode ever. But anyway, there's one more thing to do, which is to hand over to my mom. Uh, feel free to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok at Gay People Pod. I'll be back in two weeks with another episode. But in the meantime... I wanted to know my mam's thoughts on steps and a couple of other things we talked about in this episode. So I'll hand you over to my mam. Thank you for listening and I'll talk to you next time. Hi everyone. It's lovely to catch up again. And Kevin tells me the subject of this podcast is steps. When I first thought about steps, I was just about to sing Reach for the Stars. Climb every mountain higher. I'm sure that was the wrong group altogether. Sure, that was S Club 7. I'm very sorry. The only song I can think about that Steps sang was Tragedy. Tragedy. Ah, sure, it was grand, like. Taylor Swift and the ticket selling for probably... 10 times their face value. Nah, wouldn't be paying that. Wouldn't even pay the face value, actually. So that's poor old Taylor. Um, the other... What did he tell me the other thing is? Oh, Neighbours. Yeah. Nah, been there, done that. No. Not a good idea. Oh, is anybody watching I'm a Celebrity? I love it. Absolutely love it. There's not many of them left now. I think there's five six probably gosh i'm trying to think my who would be my favorite now but it's good watching really is good watching even with matt hancock and god how are people leaving him in in the name of god lordy lordy but i do love it okay so sorry i this was a very ill-informed opinion because i don't know very much about steps at all And Taylor, as I said, can go swing for it. Thanks again for listening. It's so lovely to talk to you. Bye. Things gay people like.